0: interesting bones here i was good to see peter thiel always good to see peter thiel or Thiel or however you're supposed to say his (laughs) fucking name (laughs) he's king of the weirdos like he's he's the billionaire that you read about in like science fiction books yeah because he is a billionaire who has read science fiction books he's like the living embodiment of the tweet where it's like I wrote the Torment Nexus as a cautionary tale. And he's like, I'm proud to unveil (laughs) the Torment Nexus.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Peter Thiel really like, he rides that line because I feel like most billionaires are actually just like pure like business freaks. Like there's thousands of billionaires and a lot of them you'll never hear their name because they're not actually interested in being celebrities. They'll maybe do like a, I don't know, business magazine interview or like Wall Street Journal. But mostly they just like operate their companies. Only Mm -hmm. people in the business world know about them. They don't really care. And then yeah. you have your Elon Musks of the world who are like dumbasses who crave, you know, attention and want to be thought of as geniuses, so they're always trying to do something they think a genius would do. But then you have people like Peter Thiel who are like they read like you're saying, they read sci-fi books and they actually are like, oh yeah, if you're if you're powerful enough, you can like remake the world in your own image. That'd be cool. <laughs> and then it's like they actually spend a lot of time thinking about what their own image is and like how they want to make the world and they're like in some cases maybe genuinely think that's going to like be good for anyone besides themselves i'm not sure how mm-hmm. far like the delusion goes
0: it's interesting because i think elon like aspires to be that kind of guy and in many ways like yeah because their origins are the same right they're both like paypal guys right like that's that's where we get yeah, kim.com yeah. from that's where we get so many weird rich dudes um <laughs> and mcafee i mean they're all dot com guys right like that's where we get yeah, yeah. Uh, Bezos. Like, and, and Oh, yeah. I was
1: just going to say, like, stri- striking gold on the internet with, mm-hmm. like, some kind of early, like, in hindsight, like, very basic idea. And it's just, like, the internet was poised to explode and some people, you know, got in on the ground floor and made a lot
0: of money. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's definitely the thing is, like, I think out of all of them, though, Teal is, like, maybe the smartest in at least, mm-hmm. like, one limited respect. Like, he's still a pseudo intellectual moron who like doesn't understand yeah. Yeah, like yeah. what he's doing on a grand scale. But I think he might be the most effective at the business of going about it. Yeah. And that's, what's really interesting about this article that got um, published in mother Jones here uh, about the Praxis society, which is a startup mm-hmm. that one of Teal's subsidiaries is funding. And he said, uh, the, the article opens by saying, I assumed I might get turned away, but after glancing at my ID, a security guard waved me inside where zoomers and young millennials made up most of the thin crowd, and <laughs> underground drill rappers performed for the mostly half-interested and mostly white audience. "Quote, I heard Peter Thiel is funding this," a guest in a camo hat told me with wide uh, told me with wide eyes. The right-wing billionaire's name kept coming up throughout the night. And so, yeah, it's uh, his his capital fund is funding Praxis. And it seems like what they're trying to do is they're trying to attract like trendy, artsy people to come in and be like influencers and try to sell people on the kind of like quote unquote techno utopia that Teal has envisioned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to read the whole article, but it's like, it sounds like a very, like, I don't even know if I want to say ill conceived. Like, I think maybe just not actually conceived Mm -hmm. like fantasy about like starting some kind of independent self-sufficient like techno utopian crypto capital proto fascist, like shining city on a hill in the mediterranean with like not really a plan of like how it actually makes money which seems like the main thing you'd want if you're going to be like an independent city state is like a reason that you're a state and can like you know stand up to other states and make money and have a currency or whatever
0: yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. It seems like the business plan for a lot of these things, because Thiel has been involved in a ton of different projects. I mean, uh, it, there was an attempt to do literally something called Gults Gulch. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if he was directly attached to that. But ever since then, all of these kind of Atlas-shrugged, Ayn Randian projects have had you know either his hand in it or other wealthy libertarians, because New Hampshire has their Free State Project, as is outlined in the article. And in 2008... Mm-hmm. In the middle of the housing crisis, teal put up money to start the seasteading Institute, which aimed to make mm-hmm. artificial island based cities outside the reach of government and um the founding director of that, Patrick Friedman, is literally the grandson of Milton Friedman. <laughs> so there's like a long history of teal being interested in in these kinds of things, and it's it's Shocking to me that more people don't immediately see through this, but the way that he's set up this organization to bring people in and kind of casually do PR for it, it's kind of like he's building like a hype house, or like you would see with like Silicon (laughs) Valley. Like, if you ever watch Silicon Valley, like Ehrlich Bachman types, I think Mm -hmm. that character is based on a real guy too. And it seems like this is the kind of thing that's just like gone really out of hand. And their idea for how to make money is basically this like, you set up something where no government can tell you what to do. Uh And then you invite the ultra wealthy to more or less retire there and run it autocratically.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, the more I'm thinking about it, it's like, it feels like the guy himself, uh, Brown, who is like actually like running this Praxis company and trying Mm -hmm. to come up with the ideas. Like he seems like a moron and this plan seems ill conceived and stupid, but like, I feel like, on the grander scale, like Peter Thiel as like the puppet master or like the guy who's like waiting to see what happens. It's like, I actually kind of see how it's, how it's smart. It's like, he probably doesn't really think that this particular guy is going to actually like create a like autonomous city that functions. And like, maybe didn't think that like the sea setting would pan out either, but like, it feels like he's sort of like seeing the writing on the wall in terms of like capitalist, liberal democracy, Like governments that it's like at some point you know they already are failing and crumbling and so it's like only a matter of time before they fail harder Mm -hmm. and it's like at that point then these ideas of independent city states like start becoming more reasonable if it's like if governments are actually becoming like fully failed states and then cities or states balkanized then it's like at that point it'd be a lot easier to just be like oh also we're our own city like just to declare like Chicago some kind of autonomous zone And I think Peter Thiel is also one of those like weird rich guys who like, I don't know, gets blood infusions or like eats mushroom (laughs) extract and runs and is like, this means I can live for 400 years. So maybe he's like, I'll keep trying this for like 100 years and see if I can start one that works.
0: Well, he also has like venture capitalist brain because that's like precisely what he is. So I think you're absolutely right because like that pathology of the blood infusion of the mycopial treatments or whatever with the mushrooms, like all of that stuff is the shotgun approach. Mm -hmm. You're basically like, look, I have so many resources. It would be irresponsible of me to not just try like a billion different fucking things. And if one of them has any conceivable (laughs) benefit, well, then I'm in the black. So that's good. Yeah. And like he has the same mentality, I think, with the liberal libertarian outside of government kind of promise of of like a a free city state or whatever which is that like no matter how many of these fail in a row he's always going to have vc to throw at them he's always going to have like big checks to cash assets and intellectual copyright and in property from the old attempts to recycle into the new ones so to him every failure is just a, a checkpoint along the runway before he finally gets this mm-hmm. project off the ground in like 2064 or whatever, because he thinks he's going <laughs> to live to be 400 years old.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it, it, there, there's really no downside. Like, f- there's no failure, you know, because mm-hmm. like the article talks about how this company, even though it's like pretty stupid on its face and like doesn't make sense, it like still has, it's good at marketing itself to other rich Weirdos. So it's like a lot of people are giving it money. It's like the company is paying for the founders, like lavish, what did it say? Like a $15,000 a month apartment Mm -hmm. because it might host events there. And they had one event. Like it's not, if you're, if you're like in those kind of circles, it's like money can get passed back and forth in sort of like this one hand washes the other circle jerk where like it doesn't really matter if you're like actually produce. It's not like you, someone gives you money and then they're like, okay, what kind of company are you and what do you produce now? It's more like they give you money and then you're like, okay, find somebody else to give me more money and Mm -hmm. then the first person will be satisfied and gain money and like just kind of keep the cycle going. So as long as you're just like pumping money through stuff like this with some flashy ideas along the way, like most people involved can either make money or like lose a little and have a tax write-off and it's like they don't really notice it.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting too cuz I think they're they're trying to gain traction on as many fronts as possible cuz Dryden Brown as you said the the guy who's actually in charge of this company um said that he he um sh-sh-sh-sh-sh. in a 2021 podcast Brown mentioned property sales as he further explained in a Medium post quote the next apple meaning the company might be a city Manhattan's land is worth more than Amazon he also floated selling <laughs> NFTs of the city's monuments. The Colossus of Rhodes-inspired mock-ups include a statue with a two-story bronze ass and another that would straddle the city's port, forcing ships to cross under <laughs> yards of exposed metal groin. So descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that was uh, definitely one of the parts that like stood out to me where it's like, oh yeah, this guy seems like a grade-A moron and this like doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. It's like, why do you think Manhattan's land is worth a lot? Could it be that it like, over hundreds of years, thousands of different factors positioned it as the center of an entire national and global economic system. There's not just one factor like that Manhattan like made really good computers and then suddenly their land is worth more than amazon so it's like i don't know, I guess if he really thinks like you were saying earlier, they can get a million rich people to move there, but like I don't know, I feel like if you have <laughs> a city of like a thousand multi-millionaires and billionaires are going to be like, wait, who empties the trash? Wait, how do I (laughs) get a latte? And they're like, wait, we actually have to hire like normal workers to like do all the kind of chores that we're just like used to everyone doing. And maybe like they all just like convince their employee, like, I don't know. Maybe they have a household staff and they're just like, I'll give you citizenship in this new city and you'll be paid in like fucking v bucks from this victory city and like you know you'll be in on the ground floor of the best crypto in the world or something i don't know
0: it's it's funny because it's the same origins of the united states right like when the united states was the wild Mm, wild west and you could just show up and like claim a bunch of fucking land and like whoever was the random ass sheriff around just like was judge jury and executioner and like They want that again, but they're like, but now with smartphones. And it's like, (laughs) oh, so great. So you're going to speed run the progression from brutal libertarian colonial settler state, except you're going to do it Mm -hmm. on like a piece of land you invented (laughs) in the middle of the Atlantic. Yeah, that's a good comparison. And and it's only going to take nine years before you literally just catch up to the United States and probably apply to be the 51st state.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because like the United States functioned because you could have... Like, a lot of people who moved there, like, the early founding fathers were, like, you know, like, people who were, like, well-off in England, mm-hmm. but were not, like, at the top of the heap. It wasn't, like, you know, the, the the richest of the rich, like, 1% ruling class type people moved to the U.S. It was people who, like, sometimes it was just really poor people, but, it, you know, like, the well-off people were, like, we're kind of wealthy. And we're from, like, you know, a, a more well-off family, but we're not, like, the richest members or we're not, mm-hmm. like, set to inherit anything. So it was sort of a chance to, like, enter like an area with less competition and like free land available that you could just steal and then set yourself up as like the landed gentry of a new country. But you can't really do that if you just like, like you said, build a city in the middle of the ocean. Like I don't, there's, it's not like there's natural resources to be had. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like people sort of ignore the, the base realities of colonialism and like primitive accumulation is you have to go somewhere that has like arable land and mm-hmm. existing natural resources you can use to produce meaningful products and goods and stuff and then also like some kind of structure for people to work that land and grow the food and get the materials out and like it's a lot of it's a lot of hard labor that you have to do and there has to be existing material there for the taking you can't just like go and like build an aircraft carrier city and then be mm-hmm. like all right now i guess we all like make widgets we're all going to make <laughs> phone apps that people want to use back in the mainland
0: well, I, I kind of understand the compulsion to move into something that's it's basically just a real estate scam. Because that's mm-hmm. basically like what all of these libertarian projects end up being is they get land yeah, yeah. and then they're like so incompetent at or or just don't have the resources or a mix of the two at running any kind of industry. Also, because if the land was suitable for industry, there would already be industry there. We live in a pretty well developed <laughs> yeah. world at this point. So then they <laughs> end up realizing very shortly. That the land is actually the most profitable asset they have, and so like it rapidly just starts getting partitioned off and partitioned off. Mm-hmm. People who own plots next to each other end up getting in shootouts. This is a real thing that happened <laughs> in Chile awesome. uh, during the Pinochet regime um and like there's just a bunch of different kind of like obvious outcomes here, but I understand the compulsion because. Like you look at so many successful institutions in the United States, like universities are a really good example. We're always talking about this on Work Stoppage, how American universities are just property management and real estate companies that also happen to provide a school. Yeah. (laughs) Despite the fact that, you know, 50 years ago, they really were institutions of learning that happened to own a lot of land. And that dynamic, like Mm -hmm. having a different valence Uh, of priority on that dynamic really does make a big difference
1: (laughs) yeah that's definitely true like especially when you look at uh universities that exist in like bigger cities or like any kind of like in new york you know it's like they they'll own a lot of like dorms and then it's they basically are operating as like slum lords where it's like there's super high like room and board to live there and then so it's like now they make all this profit as landlords Mm -hmm. and uh Yeah, there's a lot of like, you know, owning a sports team that is popular Mm -hmm. is like a revenue stream that, you know, the workers don't even have to get paid.
0: And and Uh, and then like, like, like
1: a side business. Mm
0: Good. University dorms are like the craziest scam of all time, too, because like they'll charge you two and three times what the market rate rents are in the area for a comparable one bedroom. And they'll make you live with a roommate because they know that like your parents are probably paying a portion of it. You probably have some Mm -hmm. kind of other savings going towards it. And it's you're eligible to take out loans to live there. And if you're eligible Mm -hmm. to take out a loan to buy a product, even if that product is like a box to live in, they're going to sell you Uh that product out of 250% 250% markup.
1: <laughs> yeah. The uh, the whole like concept of giving out like easy student loans was just like a pure wealth transfer upwards for the most part, most part. Like, you know, maybe like 10, 20% of people who get student loans, it was actually like an opportunity to sort of like have some class mobility and like get mm-hmm. a higher paying job, like, you know, get a professional job, like being a lawyer or a doctor or something. But for the most part, it just existed as a way to like create easy cash that then could like flow upwards into the coffers of these universities.
0: Yeah, well, and like there's this multifaceted thing, right? Where it was like, okay, ed- education was becoming too stratified and they were like, uh, you know, there's going to be too big of a of an obvious class divide, so we have to let more poor people into colleges. Well, how should we do mm-hmm. that? Well, okay, we're going to do it in the most predatory way possible so that we are extracting <laughs> money from them the entire time so that they have class mobility mm-hmm. and they can be more cultured and and be more active in their communities or whatever and generate more profit, but they, they're still going to be poor as hell because they have to pay through the fucking nose for this education, mm-hmm. like just a psychotic amount. And then as like they started to notice, you know, th- these these organizations, both on the front that they could squeeze more money out and on the front that like, hey, access to this education is actually like... Maybe not radicalizing folks, but it's giving folks like a little bit of like class perspective, maybe not consciousness, mm-hmm. but like a, a view of the of the class situation and so they they continually ratcheted it up and ratcheted it up, and now we're at the point where like yeah you you can either take out a loan to go to a university that is basically a real estate company and pay that off for twenty fucking years to get a decent job. Or you can do what I do and fill up fucking vending machines until you're 32 and join a fucking coding boot camp, uh, <laughs> and that's that's precisely the future that these psycho Peter Thiel libertarian types really want to intensify and like really want to like snowball into an even worse, more dystopian future. Yeah, and
1: definitely like to your point, it was like I feel like in the like 60s, 70s, like American colleges and universities had like a more. Radicalizing effect, or, or I think more accurately, like they, the powers that be realized that there was like a heavy radicalizing ef- effect if you like get a bunch of different kids together and they can take classes on Marx and
2: mm-hmm.
1: read communist and anarchist literature and like learn history. And so they were like, "All right, well, we gotta shoot the ones that protest the hardest. We gotta like infiltrate. We gotta co pro. We gotta like do all this stuff to like tamp down these kind of movements." But also just sort of like. You know, it's like, at what point did, like, business become a major in university? It's like they started mm-hmm. turning it, like, into more, like, ide- ideology factories than just, like, actual education in, like, philosophical thought. Well, it wasn't, Hello, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't
2: just business. Hello, everybody. It wasn't just business. It was, like, this thing. Uh, they were also infiltrating the arts, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it was also... Absolutely. Um creating the Ohio Iowa writers workshop mm-hmm. and like making making sure that what they were learning was about individualist expression, how you right. are a precious sunflower and you need to become, you know, Anne Randian, uh the Ubermensch, you know, what? like even making even making the things that would be considered just like art, making sure that those were not being infiltrated by communist ideas mm-hmm. as well. Um and that all started happening post war 50s 60s mm-hmm. because what else would you do if in the 60s they they like really unleashed
0: those forces and i think intelligence and the government kind of thought that they could steer it they could kind of guide it but it turns out that like periodically that kind of energy gets out of hand like no matter how much you poison the well if you teach people to read and give them the time to like read and talk to each other in some kind of social capacity they eventually come across ideas that are actually like good and worth doing so there's this like punctuated equilibrium that they maintain where it's like you you let a period of culture emerge and emerge and emerge and then like uh oh! It's Y two K. You do a nine eleven, and then you change country radio forever, or whatever the 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 that era's equivalent happens to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like you, it's something you can sort of see to this day. Like even with all the stuff we mentioned of like sanitizing and stratifying and like pumping it full of like pro capitalist ideology, it's like it still is of like like John said, just like letting people get together and read stuff that they want to and study stuff that they want to, like. They'll come across good ideas, radical ideas. And that's why it's like such a project for people like Ben Shapiro to create this <laughs> idea of like the dumb, like pink haired college student or like the stupid college liberal or whatever that it's like. All right, these I people mean, are like dumb children who don't actually know what they're talking about. I and mean, that's where why they did, disagree with me.
2: Where did communism come from? Like, mm-hmm. the people who are, you know, Marx was a guy who got to sit around in salons all day and argue <laughs> about, like, what should be happening in the world. Like, mm-hmm. you need time to think about stuff. You know, if you're just, like, being exploited all the time, it's not easy to, like, write a book, totally. you know, <laughs> yeah. or, like, in, develop an entirely new system of, econo- like, perspective on economics. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be educated and you have to have time to think and talk and mm-hmm. and. And it's very difficult to make college. It was a decades long project making college as a place where that wasn't what was going to arise. Mm -hmm. Um, And even now, you know, Ben Shapiro and like that kind of stuff, like it's hard. You can't really tap, tamp down on it completely. Like you're saying, John, like you're, if you have a bunch of kids, no matter their like class makeup, like. People are going to try and reinvent Marx, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're just going to be like, "Wait, something is wrong, I'm looking at all of this stuff objectively, and we're got we should do something about it because you everyone identifies the same issues, especially as the contradictions in the countries get much worse and much, much more heightened.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like how irrigation was independently invented in like six places around the (laughs) world, not that far apart because it was like, well, human beings, societies had just kind of progressed to a point where it was obviously the logical next thing to get really good at taking care of the plants right around you and then staying there. And it was like, Yes. When people are faced with the same challenges, they come up with the same solutions. So that's why, yeah, if somebody who's never heard of Marx, who's being exploited in South Africa or the Philippines or wherever, is probably going to come up with something quasi-socialistic in much the same way that we see all the time, where scared college students who have been told Marx is evil, in the, in all of their fury to not do Marxism, accidentally come up with something that is basically just 100% parallel with Marxism.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, any good faith anarchist like kind of comes up into like councils and, and Soviets anyway, mm-hmm. like it, the goal is always like dem- democracy, right? Like how do you organize democracy is where there's, you know, some, some like nitpicking, but like the people who work and create stuff, and are the lowest in society should have the most say. It's like the most obvious thing ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's not that complicated.
0: Well, and it's interesting how it, it once you identify those problems, it produces a really unified set of solutions. Where like no matter how many petty little differences you have, most people who can see the issue tend to end up on the same page. Which I would contrast right, exactly. to ecology as an issue, where people who accurately identify the problem end up with the most batshit and completely different opinions you've ever seen in (laughs) your (laughs) life. What's ecology? Well, just, you know, anybody who's like, oh, you know, global warming is happening, hurricanes and... climate catastrophe is getting more intense and some people are like yes this is why we need to do marxism overthrow the bourgeoisie get a a centrally planned economy where we can meaningfully reduce emissions come up with you know all of the good stuff and then other people are like this is why i need to shoot my local representative
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is why i need energy i don't just i don't disagree with the action
2: put a bomb vest on yeah like in first reformed
1: first reformed yeah yeah good flick doesn't he like drink some? He like tries to drink bleach too. This is why I, I need it? to
0: redo that uh, that that PNC uh, heist in Erie, Pennsylvania, where we strapped a bomb to a guy's head and made him rob a bank.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> didn't they make that into a movie? Yeah, uh, called Thirty Minutes
2: or Less. Yeah, I never saw that. Did you ever see how to dis- uh how to blow up a pipeline? I've not seen it yet. No, I still need to watch that. I've heard it's good. It looks fun.
1: Yeah,
0: it's I mean, fun. it's supposed to be a good book. We we'd all like to know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> how do I do? I, I
1: got to know. I, I keep there's pipelines all around. No one's guarding them. I put bombs there. They don't blow up. I need to I need to watch the movie.
0: <laughs> well, it's kind of funny cuz uh, wait yeah, wait our, that is is how to blow up a pipeline. That's about the um the pipeline across the northern United States that's in, infringing on all the indigenous land, right? It's not yes, about I think so. And yes. It's about yeah, a bunch
2: of indigenous teenagers who blow it up. Right,
0: because it turns out the answer how to blow up a pipeline is to be the president of the United States or the head of the CIA, because then you can just blow up the <laughs> Nord Stream 2, no fucking problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah it's true. so easy, actually. <laughs> yeah, Just imagining Joe Biden and the CIA director sitting in the back of a, uh, a screening of that in D.C. and
0: Joe's like, oh, I think, yeah, why is the movie so long? It's so easy. I can just take a nap. I know how to do it. You just blow these it up. Guys, these guys don't even have a military. They don't even have intelligence. <laughs> they're, they're just a bunch of protesters. They're just a bunch of indigenous folks. <laughs> he would probably say something much more racist than that, but you get the idea.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're indigenous. He would say, like, he would say that... <laughs> a
0: racist term from like the 1700s that literally hasn't been in use in 200 years.
1: <laughs> It's pretty funny that that's the best hope that the Democratic Party has to muster is just a guy who was already old as shit in 2020 and people were like, well, he'll be good for one term. I mean, if he doesn't die in office and then they're just like, well, nobody really likes anybody else and we haven't, you know... They barely like us, so why not just run Grandpa again and he can just die in office and then Kamala Harris can be president? That seems like yeah. a good plan right
0: yeah most pro union president in history, despite stepping into uh, stop the rail strike and despite uh, pressuring unions to consistently accept subpar deals in order to get back to work and just basically being full <laughs> of the most like business friendly uh, company union kind of Rhetoric and propaganda that you could ever possibly ask to be, but what else do we expect from an ancient Democrat? I suppose. (laughs) But as long as we're talking about uh, uh, domestic bourgeois politics, let's talk about the most recent RICO case to come out of the Georgia Attorney General's office. So, let me be clear before I start talking about this RICO case: notable RICO cases to come out of the Georgia Attorney General's (laughs) office this year, twenty twenty three. Number one, top of the list, we got Young Thug, everybody's favorite Mm. hyper innovative. Innovative rapper I like to think of him as the Beck of, of like, of hardcore rap or like tr- or trap or whatever you want to call it. Trill rap. Um, and he, yeah. he was, he was indicted alongside many of his YSL compatriots on racketeering and murder charges. And then number two, mm-hmm. the hot shot in the hot seat, Donaldo Trump, the big Cheeto himself, oh yeah <laughs> uh, and all of his associates, Rudy Giuliani and the like have all been indicted on Rico charges in the Georgia attorney general's office. And now they have decided to go three for three and are Indicting over sixty uh, protesters against the Cop City development, which is a weird left turn. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually, I haven't followed a ton about uh, before we move into the main topic, the Cop City thing. the mm-hmm. uh, The Young Thug case, like I feel like I've read a little about it. That there's a sort of like, there's an accusation that there's some kind of like wide ranging like gang, basically functioning mm-hmm. f- in like the the New York drill scene and like in. In YSL, like, this label kind of, Mm -hmm. like, do do you know much more details about that? Like, what's been going on exactly?
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like the implication is that basically all the things Young Thug brags about in his songs are true um typical kind of like rapper lawsuit kind of stuff but uh it it does seem to be is there any evidence for that there is quite a bit of evidence that ysl is functionally at least a gang it's hard to determine if they are formally a gang but it's not actually illegal to be a gang so they're they need to prove Mm -hmm. that they committed the crimes that they're accused of and you know i don't want to talk too much shit against young thug who i hope is freed soon because all the crimes he did were just normal crimes they weren't like you know he didn't he didn't bomb a palestinian hospital or anything so <laughs> <laughs> i mean he, he probably didn't kill people but yeah but I, I, do i really care like drug dealing and murder happens every day i'm not that concerned about it overall like put the government in yeah it. as
2: far as i can tell he was he's being charged with like Felonies related to possession of illegal substances and illegal firearms, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's been charged before in 2017 for possession uh, with intent to distribute meth, hydrocodone, weed. Which mm-hmm. are like, come on, come on. I mean, like, yeah. how
1: much was he just like hooking some people up with some meth, or like he probably have... got
2: a lot of it because they hang out together. True. Yeah. Well, and, and he's what? rich.
1: I mean, it's like if you if you get if you suddenly get like a label deal and you have some money. Like, and you already were, like, a gangster or a criminal. Like, why wouldn't you be like, hey, let's, like, this is found money. Let's turn this into a lot more money. Yeah, yeah, why wouldn't you?
0: And it's also, like, understood that, like, Young Thug came up in the Atlanta scene and, like, ostensibly got wealthy enough to start being a rapper by dealing drugs and doing mm-hmm. gang activity that makes you money, which is like, you know, a thing right. that gangster rappers are like famous for doing. It's like, I sold a bunch of cocaine <laughs> to buy an MPC and some monitors. And then I made a gangster rap record to make the money to buy the next brick of cocaine. It's like a very simple system right. that they're working there. It's you just the have to classic- be good classic
2: It's the classic move and we should not hold anybody accountable for that. Some of the best artists in the world did that. It's It's a classic like nose
1: to the grind zone kind of like drip billionaire mindset, Mm -hmm. like kind of (laughs) move, you know, it's like they're in between they're, they're watching, they're watching memes of Patrick Bateman and Cillian Murphy. (laughs)
0: It is literally Pusha T's entire deal. He has never mm-hmm. rapped about anything else other than moving <laughs> cocaine and it being more important to him than the rapping he's doing currently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was really in that travelogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He's he he always raps about how he like never has to spend his 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 like rap money because he already was rich from selling drugs and like. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's like, maybe I'll sell more drugs. Who knows? Wink wink. Like yeah. he's probably <laughs> at this point, I feel like he's rich enough that he like doesn't have to make money illegally, but like he probably does sometimes just for the hell of it. He he yeah.
2: he made shoes with Adidas that were coke themed. Yeah. <laughs> they were crack themed shoes. <laughs> like the man dedication. loves selling crack.
0: Yeah, what did he say? Yeah, on numbers on the boards, he says I might do a brick on my birthday. (laughs) Thirty-six years of doing dirt like it's Earth Day. He's (laughs) he's very serious about it. (laughs) He wants to do it for old times' sake, just just for the hell of it, on his birthday, like in between, like going to his party and like going to the club or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and and also like the the the, he's so great. He's one of the best rappers ever, and um, that's absolutely true. And and uh, the the Young Thug case in particular is so interesting because, like, there were all these articles where, like, I think he and Gunna or or one of the other guys who's indicted tried to pass drugs to each other allegedly in the courtroom and, like, the judge caught them. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's been held. Here's the other thing, though, is he's been held without his trial actually moving forward meaningfully for, like, a year and a half by this point. So it's also obvious that the state is just intentionally fucking with him on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this to say, uh, people already probably know enough about the Donald Trump case. Um, More than five dozen activists were indicted on RICO charges last week over the ongoing efforts to halt construction of the city of Atlanta's planned public safety training center in DeKalb County, commonly referred to as Cop City. So this is a total of 61 protesters charged with the state's Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. Most are not from Georgia, and some face additional charges of domestic terrorism, arson, and money laundering, despite the fact that they are basically just a bunch of protesters who were rounded up for— being active in protesting this cop city development that they're mm-hmm. trying to put in in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. It, it seems like the, the whole concept of like the money laundering or like the way that they're like trying to like say there's anything monetary going on is like extremely low amounts of money being given in a sort of like solidarity fund, like support fund way where someone mm-hmm. is like sending $15 or something to protesters to like, help them, it was saying a lot of them are, like, occupying the forest where they're planning to build the cop city, like, which I feel like is a very, like, since I was a kid, that's been a form of protest where people are, like, living in a tree so it doesn't get chopped down or, like, chaining themselves to stuff so it doesn't get bulldozed or whatever. Like, a very normal, like, nonviolent form of protest and, like, it's pretty insane to fold that into, like, racketeering, like, saying Mm -hmm. that this is, like, the mafia or something.
0: Well, it's so interesting because there's this, You can't not draw the implied equivalency between Donald Trump and his organization – young thug and mm-hmm. his organization and <laughs> defend the Atlanta forest group <laughs> which has been described by by prosecutors said, as an anti-government, anti-police, and anti-corporate extremist organization, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is the funniest thing you could call a bunch of people who are like I don't think a cop training center is a good influence on my community
1: <laughs> yeah, these are extremist views and this is now a uh, ho- this whole thing is a criminal conspiracy because of it
2: that word has always been insane It's just Mm -hmm. like, it's extreme because it's different. Well, you
0: know what would be fucking extreme? It's like if you built Cop City, I guarantee you, and I'm sure this is not the language that the protesters are using, but I'm using it. I guarantee you. It will, give it two weeks. You will have Fort Bragg levels of of mayhem oh, and for death. Sure. <laughs> yeah, in the city and in the countryside.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a thousand times more extreme than like being in a forest or like what handing out pamphlets is what it says one person is charged with, just like trying to give people information about why they don't like having a cop city. It says, according to the indictment,
0: the group's purpose is to occupy parts or all of the 381 forested acres in DeKalb County owned by the city of Atlanta and leased to the Atlanta Police Foundation with the goal of halting the training center construction. And then my favorite sentence in the article, at least six pages of the indictment are used to define anarchist in the group's context.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, that was one of the first things I saw from this article is like, or from this like... uh, this whole, like, case is that it's like, that's a big factor is that they're they're trying to be like, you know, some of their really extreme views are uh, that they think that we don't need government to do uh, human to serve human needs. And they have views about mutualism and mutual aid and uh, support networks.
2: I don't believe that they think that they think that they don't need government to do human needs. <laughs> I don't believe you. I mean...
1: I don't know. they hold a core so this is like this is what one of the things that they say about anarchy. as the indictment asserts, members of Defend the Atlanta Forest subscribe to a philosophy of anarchy. They hold a core belief that society should abolish police, government cool. and private business, well, I don't and know. as further alleged, they're willing to bring about such changes, quote, by any means necessary.
2: Right. You can't <laughs> say that. any
0: means necessary by any means well here's the thing okay so when you say any means necessary which i don't know if the group actually said that or if that's just the prosecutor's definition but and then your your tactic is to occupy the forest any means necessary means like i am willing to non-violently lay down my life to defend this land from police which is like that's a little bit different than saying like I have a gun and I
2: will use it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it hits a little different when you're not Malcolm X. Yeah, and you're not you're not like clearly have guns and you will use them. Uh, that you're not like associated with an already standing militia like the Black Panthers, mm-hmm. uh, who you know you're you're going to actually do something. Uh, these are people who are just protesting, and I mean not that i think if they were doing that stuff that they should be treated this way either um because that's constitutional sorry about mm-hmm. that sorry to become a fucking 2a kind of lady <laughs> but like yeah they they don't have a legal leg to stand on like this is just i mean every argument that anyone ever says about authoritarianism or totalitarianism like they don't have any legal recourse for this like i don't see how it could you can't like justify it logically, except that they do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And obviously these people are trying to stop the relentless uh, mechanized march of like complete uh, exploitation and, and, and control. Uh, And they're like, no, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can't because fuck you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of the mechanized march of exploitation and control, I do have one more legal case that I think is pretty interesting. And this comes to us from the AP, where the headline reads, as more children die from fentanyl, some prosecutors are charging their parents with murder. And then they open open the article by giving you a case where you start to think like, oh, actually, with these specific circumstances, maybe this is kind of justified. So they 're saying that this Madison Bernard climbed into bed before dawn with her toddler, Charlotte, who was asleep next to a nightstand strewn with straws, burnt tin foil, and a white powder, presumably fentanyl and then hours later uh, they found their she she woke up and found her daughter struggling to breathe and then rushed her to the hospital and the fifteen month old girl died from a fentanyl overdose and This is the case that they really want to drive home before they tell you that in cases where children of any age have um, been found dead of some kind of drug overdose, they intend to be able to charge the parents as well in order to make it, uh, the crackdown take place in the home as well as, as legally. And you see this kind of thing all the time with other crimes. In California particularly, they like to try to put kids in jail, or, or rather, they try to put parents in jail for truancy when their kids skip fucking school. And so, oh, how can that yeah. be illegal?
1: I remember that, that was like a Kamala Harris thing that, he, mm-hmm. that she had to like answer for it in, in 2020 because it was like, it was like her specific plan, too, right? Like, I remember some of the quotes where she was like, you anyway, know, we have political capital and we want to spend it on uh, locking up parents whose kids skip school because what could be worse than uh, not going to fucking public school as a child? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably better to have your parents in jail.
0: And then there's the other angle to this, which I think is interesting, because in the case that they mentioned, if those details are to be believed, which maybe they're true, I don't fucking know, um, a kid definitely could die from inhaling ambient fentanyl powder, especially if there was a big pile of it in the room. That is certainly possible, but it seems like trying to use the situation of a 15-month-old child in a small, unventilated room with a large quantity of fentanyl as a case – to maybe kind of launder support for police officers who act like they touched a tiny little speck of drugs and have the mm-hmm. same metabolism as a fifteen-month-old baby. Um, it, <laughs> it, it seems like maybe they're kind of trying to give a little bit of credence to those guys who are all collecting, you know, uh, uh, paid sick leave and unemployment right now.
1: It sure seems like it. I was just—I mean, there's always one of those videos going around. Like I was just seeing one like a couple weeks ago uh, where it was like a cop like. Gave himself Narcan, I think, which is like, I, I, I was like reading a post, like, quoting, quote-tweeting it from, from a doctor who was saying how we, insane it is that, like, uh, cops are, like, first responders who were carrying around Narcan and, like, clearly have never, like, read the instructions or gotten any, like, internalized any education on, like, how it's meant to be used. Because they're basically saying, like, if you are, like, alert and able to talk and, like, describe your symptoms, then you're not describing an overdose that needs Narcan. It's like Narcan is when you have become unconscious and are like maybe not even breathing Mm -hmm. because you're overdosing. Like you're in a like half comatose state. And this is like a way to like revive you and save your life. If you're walking around and you're like, Ooh, my tummy hurts from all that fentanyl I just touched better (laughs) pop some Narcan. It's so insane that it's like their delusions are allowed to just like they're, they're wasting medicine the same way as someone who is like, yeah, you know, I had some antibiotics left over and I felt a little bad. So mm-hmm. I just took some antibiotics to see if it would help. Like, well, like, But it's with fucking Narcan that could be going to someone who's actually overdosing.
0: Well, and it's like interesting because there's a, there's a parallel that people are used to using or at least used to understanding how to use, which is smelling salts. And you wouldn't give smelling salts to your friend who's sitting next to you on the couch and is like, man, I'm a little extra tired today. I don't know what's wrong with me. Smelling salts are for mm-hmm. someone who has just fainted and you're not sure how mm-hmm. fast they're going to wake back up. Narcan is the equivalent of that for opiate related situations. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I mean the the thing is is that there's it's already illegal to kill your baby or to be negligent to your child, correct? Mm-hmm. Like there there does yeah, not yeah. there's just not need to be any more laws about this. And and the thing is is like even the way it is now, there's uh, there's so many store I, I maybe I, I don't want to overstate it, but I've heard at least three different stories of mothers whose babies died of like weird things that the doctors didn't understand. Uh, and then were jailed for the death of their children and then were released years later because they found out that it was actually just like SIDS or mm-hmm. like weird. There's this one very specific in- incident where, uh, there was some disease that the baby had that was genetic Mm -hmm. and they found like some sort of chemical that appeared to imply that the baby was poisoned. Mm -hmm. But the baby, they found out later that the baby's body like made that chemical Mm, and it died of natural causes because it had some sort of weird genetic disease that like it's like gallbladder like attacked its body. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I recognize that those things are very strange (coughs) and don't always happen, but I do not trust the fucking justice system to make more laws that makes it more able to put women in prison for (laughs) their fucking baby randomly dying. Mm -hmm. uh, And then being like, Oh, it's because of fentanyl. (laughs) Like it's already a problem and you can already prosecute people for being uh, negligent to their children. So what, what, what could you possibly need to make illegal?
0: And as you say, like, it just opens up another avenue for the cops and the, the justice system to just basically plant drugs on people. Like, this is just another version of yeah. throwing yeah, a baggie yeah. of white powder into the car seat next to somebody and being like, oh, I got you on drug charges now, too. And then yeah. on top of that, like, as you were saying, weird freak genetic and autoimmune and all manner of nervous system and and lymphatic system disorders, like. Pop up all the time that have all kinds of fucking crazy results. There are living people walking around in their adult lives who are like allergic to air or like who need to use a special machine to breathe like 16 hours a day or who like can't leave a a fucking plastic bubble. Like there are tropes about those in our media because in some situations, cases like that do actually fucking happen. And it's not that crazy to believe that like a lot of them, when they do happen to tiny little babies who have just been born might end up, unfortunately, and it is tragic, killing that child. And so like, you know, there's so many people on death row for fucking murders they didn't commit. It it, it feels a little bit like Catholic to start throwing baby murders on top, <laughs> right?
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's like it's it's it points to how insanely like indiv- individualistic and atomized like American society and like especially the the quote unquote justice system can function that they can take like what should be like the worst like collective tragedy basically that a society can bear is like a ch- a ch- an innocent child dying and be like, all right, we got to figure out how to like blame specific people.
2: Who is one. going to prison? Who, is, yeah. <laughs> who yeah. is going to the machine we use
1: for slave labor? Someone's right going now. to prison over this one. I, that's the best way I know to uh, make it
0: right somehow. <laughs> uh, I'm really <laughs> yeah, sorry to hear about that awful tragedy. Anyway, whose life are we going to ruin next on purpose this time? Yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Toss some, toss some people into the tragedy machine that we built where people are tortured uh, daily That we at make great money expense on. yeah yeah <laughs> at great expense so we got to recoup some of the profits with slave labor look it's only fair like you know we're <laughs> working so hard on this thing that we invented <laughs> that no one wants
0: well, uh, I did want to lighten the mood after that incredibly uh, heavy story, where we definitely didn't crack any jokes. Alrighty. Um, and just talk about a New Jersey man who's been arrested for those super cool. They're describing him as a business owner, which I don't know why they're slandering this guy in the middle of describing his yeah. super cool <laughs> crime. So, uh, Patrick Spina the fourth. <laughs> 45 of Absicon nice. was charged with multiple counts of criminal mischief Friday in connection <laughs> with several of the annoying, costly incidents. And what he was doing was he was taking a drone and he was, he was taking a, a, uh, material that the coast guard uses to dye sections of the ocean for easier visibility for, I think, coordination okay. and exercises. And he was dropping it into people's pools and turning it bright green. <laughs> was it
2: for, for St.
0: Patrick's Day?
1: That's like for uh, being pro-weed? Like, what's the angle?
0: I don't think it was for anything in particular. I mean, these things happened on August 13th, which isn't particularly okay. near St. Patrick's Day or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, so Sandra Wulshin, uh notorious narc now, that's what you'll be known for, Sandra, general manager of the Quality Inn, <laughs> told the New York Times that she alerted Galloway Township police after the hotel's pool water was dyed green back in late June. The same thing continued to happen a few times a month until ramping up the frequency last week. So I also love this because like, <laughs> he'll dye your pool green and then you'll take care of it. And he's just like, my drone's got full battery, bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess they they identified him as a business owner because it was like it says authorities were ultimately identified were ultimately able to identify a suspect after spotting the drone over the quality inn as of, on September first. They followed it back to the location of Comfort Solutions heating and cooling, where the business's owner, Patrick Spina the fourth, was arrested. the motive for his actions it's possible it was all just a prank an investigator told the times it
0: was a prank it's an elaborate prank i was just (laughs) joking well Well, i mean like i have a very specific memory when i lived in wisconsin when i was like 19 of one of my so-called friends reaching over (laughs) when we're sitting at a taco john's and pouring a bunch of salt into my soda and then going and looking me dead in the fucking eyes and saying just kidding (laughs) (laughs)
2: you can't just kid (laughs) when you pour salt into my drink yeah Uh, so so does it make the water unswimmable that's what I was wondering Like, like will you die if you swim in this or something will you get sick I don't know because that's so, important. Like if it's a yeah, fun yeah. thing where it's like, "Hey, the water's green now." Yeah, yeah. If it's like, I c- can't even be mad at this guy. If he, if yeah. it'll like, kill a person if they go in there, then like, okay, maybe you shouldn't. Have done yeah, it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, if I'm, it's
1: just like gender reveal party level, that's totally fine.
2: So I'm googling <laughs> cool
1: it, purpose.
0: and this is primarily used when you're doing a sea rescue. So they need to mark the water to know where the survivors that are like floating around in life jackets presumably, where they are. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And so it is designed to not be injurious to human health. The, the From the website, actually from dst.defense.gov.au, and uh, you know Australia, since it's mostly beaches, is doing a lot of uh, rescues at sea. They say... The dye marker is environmentally safe, not injurious to human health, and can be stored for several years. Marine dye lasts for more than one hour in moderate seas, far longer than conventional dyes. So that's what's interesting about it, is that it's so strong that in the open ocean, it can create a noticeable spot for an hour. That shit is mm-hmm. going to turn your pool Mr. Burns neon green. <laughs> that shit is going to yeah, be Chicago I, Chicago dog relish green.
2: And you can get them at landfallnavigation.com for $20. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> uh, what if, um, happens if you use code beep beep? Do you get any, uh, any money
2: off? <laughs> maybe? It's free. Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we hook you up. If, if you promise to smoke that green, then it, wow, that is a cool color.
2: It's Gosh, so like, can cool. You,
1: you, like, as you said, John, huge narc, uh, Sandra Wolston. Wollstone- Stian, whatever the manager of the Quality Inn. This is probably the most exciting thing that's happened at a Quality Inn in New Jersey in decades, possibly (laughs) on the entire lifetime of the Quality Inn. Like Quality Inn is a very like boring, bland, like middle of the road business conference. People traveling, like nothing big is happening there, nothing exciting. It's going to be so boring. Why wouldn't you want a green pool? Like use it as marketing. Be like the only Quality Inn with a real green pool. If it's not harmful to people, who cares that it's green? Let them cry about it if they care.
2: I guess you would turn green.
1: Would you if you when you swam in it?
2: I, I'm I am kind kinda I'm watching mm. a YouTube video now of a, a guy with a Dan Flash's shirt on. Oh wow, uh, that is a
1: crazy <laughs> shirt.
2: <laughs> His uh channel is called Northwoods Renaissance. Nice. And he's uh Sounds fashion. He's squeezing it out onto a table. Mm-hmm. Uh and it sure looks like it's getting everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> It's a pretty fun video yeah, so Yeah, this far. is cool, yeah.
1: I have to link this. Put this in the notes. Yeah, make sure to send that one to me.
2: Um, so, so
0: listeners, you, let us know if we should spend an entire month's Patreon on Sea Dye <laughs> and try to find inventive <laughs> uses for it. Or maybe we shouldn't yeah. advertise that we're buying it. Maybe we should just discreetly purchase it, and then you'll know when we use it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> when something like very cool turns green, then you uh, know. I don't know. He's,
2: know. Like, he's making it go away with water, so. Yeah, yeah. No. I think it's fine. It's just like ooze. It's like Nickelodeon ooze. Yeah, well, yeah. My uh, pool I, got slimed. I imagine a lot of like
0: pool guys who are like, I worked on pools for the last 30 years are at home like gasping for air. They're like, do you know what that's going to do to the fucking particle filter? Like, <laughs> Sure, sure. <laughs> All right, that yeah. The intake is going to be slimy for years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if, you pool, if you're a pool guy, right in. Tell us uh, how, how evil this is because <laughs> it kind of just seems like these guys were getting high doing a fun prank that yeah, really yeah. isn't hurting anybody uh, and I hope he's not going to prison or anything
1: yeah him. yeah I mean being charged with criminal mischief when like your criminal charge <laughs> is basically like you've engaged in a minor amount of tomfoolery and you're a business owner it's hard to imagine it's Ten anything years. more than like paying a fine or something it's maybe having really- to pay back
0: it's, it's funny to even have a denomination for criminal mischief because it's like you caused a probably negligible amount of property damage and I to think... To a quality in. Yeah, yeah, and technically you trespassed, although I'm not sure if flying a drone into a place counts as trespassing exactly. So they're like, yeah, we're yeah. just going to charge you with being a, a crazy little guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you went goblin mode a little too hard in this court's opinion.
0: Uh, the, the court that you were after their lucky
2: charms case dismissed <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, as maybe he'll have to do community service of cleaning some pools for a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that would be funny if he has to become the pool guy now yeah. um, <laughs> he's working you're at the
0: my clock. butler
1: <laughs> he's working off his debt to the quality Inn mainly
0: and then, as long as we're talking about crimes that are a little bit hard to categorize, I've been trying to figure out precisely what's going on with this TechCrunch article, which is my usual response to a TechCrunch article, a notoriously sure. poorly written publication. But it says, supermarket giant Little, I believe Little is like Aldi, but in a lot of places that aren't the United States. So, like, UK mm-hmm. and maybe Australia, I'm not really sure. But it says supermarket okay. giant Little has issued a recall of Paw Patrol snacks after the website listed on the products packaging began displaying explicit content unsuitable for children. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, so there's a URL on the box, and I don't it did actually list the URL, appikidsco.com, which at the time of writing loads either a blank page with the message in Chinese containing search engine keywords or just gives an error message. But when the website is open from a device with a smaller screen, such as a phone, the website displays as a holding page with numerous ads containing animated, explicit, and pornographic images. And it's not clear if oh, some, mm. if the website was hacked or if the domain was allowed to lapse and somebody snapped it up or what the fuck is going on here. Um, but it there's just a long tradition of like, kids content weirdly being heavily intertwined with adult content on the internet and this Mm -hmm. just feels like another echo of that and i I thought it was noticeable (laughs) or, or notable
1: yeah i uh when i click it on my computer it just goes to some text in chinese um nothing pornographic or anything but i feel like what the other thing you're describing is like you'll often see that with just like dead websites where if you like try to follow a uh Follow a link from like an old article, and you're like, "Oh shit! This website clearly is defunct." And it's like somebody like I don't know quite how it happens if people just like mass buy up like extinct websites and then just like plaster them with porn ads or something. Mm-hmm. But
2: yeah, I think it's just like robots at this point are just much, being yeah. like, yeah. "Oh, ad space! Time to put all of this Pornhub shit on mm-hmm. it." Yeah, I, I yeah. don't. I highly doubt that this was. uh intentionally trying to target children with pornography, the way it looks is that it's just like uh, some sort of, some sort of, uh, I think you're right about it. I think that the, it looks like the website was allowed to lapse and then someone bought it up and then mm-hmm. just put ads on it and those happened to well, be pornographic.
0: And, and so like the real lesson here is maybe like, and having your, the internet superhighway that is the most primary source of information for almost everybody in the world Operated by a bunch of random companies who are all trying to outcompete each other to register a bunch of shit isn't the best <laughs> move. Because when you have a kids company and a pornographic images company vying for the same space online, literally the same like server address, it starts to cause like a lot of problems that we also saw with like fucking elsagate on youtube and 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 all of the other stuff yeah, where it's yeah. like yeah. was this intentional or was it just the, the convergence of a bunch of unchecked forces and it's like well at the end of the day aren't they both
2: really quite bad what is the, <laughs> what is the difference here yeah, yeah. who's trying to do anything about
1: it <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's very funny to me that it's like they're ha- they're doing a recall about this. And they're like, we urge you to not go to the website and return these snacks to the (laughs) store where you'll be issued a full refund. It's like someone, surely you can still eat the snacks. Like the (laughs) snacks themselves are
2: fine. Yeah, "Mm -hmm." the box doesn't have anything bad on it. Just don't let your kid scan a QR code. And as a matter of fact, why does your kid have a phone? Yeah, How did you (laughs) even find this out? Who the Uh, fuck is scanning the fucking QR code on the back of a Paw Patrol box?
1: Yeah, who is going to, like, the website on a a food item in, like, 2023? (laughs) I thought that ended in, like, the early 2000s.
0: And I don't mean to be, like, the libertarian, like, 3D-printed guns are here forever. Do something about it, ATF guy. (laughs) But, like, to a certain degree, if your child has access to a smart device and you're not a fucking tech genius, that child Mm -hmm. is going to encounter porn. So here's the deal. Absolutely, yeah. Corporations and the government are not and will never look out for you or be looking out for you. So if you have children, I'm so sorry. I hate to tell you this. It's your responsibility to monitor their internet use. And this is not to take yes. the heat off of Paw Patrol or whatever <laughs> cookie manufacturer this is. They're all evil and they all go straight to Gulag. <laughs> you as a parent have a personal responsibility and you are not yet destined for Gulag. So please, do the right thing and snatch that weird little rectangle out of your six-year-old's
1: hands. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get that, you know, a ACAB and so even all puppy cops are bastards, but what about like the, the puppy? like firemen or like I don't know do they have like a puppy like first responder EMT or something like are they all going to Gulag or are they gonna no no
2: no 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 no. all the puppy patrol are fine
1: really even the cops except for the cop
2: oh okay (laughs) but all the rest of them are just like yeah they're just EMTs and firemen yeah yeah uh, actually, what are the Paw Patrol? They're yeah, so they
0: they they're the full brigade of emergency services. I'm not up to date on my Paw Patrol. I thought it was literally just cops. I thought it was Reno 911 with mm-hmm. dogs for children.
2: No, no. <laughs> it's got all kinds. No, no. Uh, it looks like there are... Uh, is that like a construction one? It has that? like a little weird helmet. I think one of them is a miner. One of them is a construction dog. Uh-huh. One of them is a firefighter. Uh, let's see. There's the cop one who's named Chase. Marshall is the Dalmatian who's a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Sky is a cockapoo and she's an air rescue.
1: Nice, nice. Uh, okay. Rocky
2: is a uh, recycling and handyman pup.
1: Wow. He's like Bob um, the Builder and he recycles shit.
2: Rubble is a. So he's, a he's construction like the green pup.
0: anarchist of the bunch.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And Zuma is an aquatic rescue.
0: Nice.
1: So it's mostly rescue and then also just like
0: a cop is there. So so you might watch enough Paw Patrol, okay, and then they're using
2: sea dye, and you're mm-hmm. like, hey, I heard about that on DC's <laughs> Lettuce. <laughs> yeah, and they're lapping it up. They yeah, love yeah. it. They're turning their love, guts fluorescent green.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're using it. Uh, maybe they sold it to a guy in New Jersey, and then Chase, the cop dog, has to go and arrest him for criminal
0: mischief. All right, mm-hmm. Chase, uh, I've ingested too much sea dye, and now my tongue's turned completely green. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Paw Patrol is an Australian. I'm thinking of Bluey, so never mind that. <laughs> Mm, okay. bluey is australian <laughs> this Europe. is just
1: the alternate universe where paw patrol is australian <laughs> okay
0: well i figure you're
1: doing yeah, yeah.
2: sea rescue you're probably australian i'm just just odds yeah are. yeah it's a yeah. decent chance you've got you've got a cowboy hat with one of the t- tips turned up and stuff like that
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as i understand though there are no cops in bluey so good job australia
2: no bluey is just a, a about a about a family i think
0: hmm Bluey's like, what if Bob's Burgers was Australian Dogs, and the dad was actually a good dad? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. The exactly. show is—is is this newer?
2: Uh, Jeremy uh, from Generation Loss uh, has a child, and mm. so has watched I think all of Bluey and mm-hmm. loves it. There's oh, a lot good. of uh, parents
0: who say that Bluey is like the antithesis of Coco Melon, where you watch Coco Melon and you're like, I cannot believe I'm giving my child this, and then you watch Bluey and you're like what a well-put-together program
2: (laughs) yeah parents love it because it's like there's a lot of like implied like subtextual like parent drama going on beneath Mm. Uh like the the uh like a lot of the i think a lot of the episodes are basically like the games they're playing it's like oh today we are playing you know monsters or whatever and then they'll like go be monsters or whatever and a lot of it is like kind of silent there isn't a lot of talking
1: mm, that um, seems good anything where it's like a kid's show and you can kind of just like have have a nap or have a reprieve or whatever it's, those, a, those, it's a
2: very imagination driven
1: nice those kids shows that are like lots of like screaming and like bouncy like trebly like sound effects and shit just seem like torture
0: yeah, also well, the real it's also dog
2: like, looks so cute. The like, it, and they're cute, yeah. yeah. And it's and
0: it's like it, it's nice that they did a cartoon, and then they didn't rely on the animated medium to provide all of the imaginative stuff. They still brought it to the level where it's like, yes, there's they have very expressive like faces and set pieces, but. The, the children watching the show are still compelled to imagine the same way that the characters in the show are using their imagination. So you get kind of a PBS, like, did you ever watch In Between the Lions? That was kind yeah. of one of my they favorites. That one, I feel yeah. like that's, like,
2: in a similar vein. Uh, yeah, so people like that show. Uh, I'm not going to watch it. I've seen an episode. It's cute. It's very cute, mm-hmm. but it's not like I'm not a parent, so no. I
0: yeah. can't. I'm not a parent, so I'm... Uh, I'm done with cartoons until Lazarus comes out, which is going to be phenomenal. I'm so ready. (laughs) Now, what is the Lazarus? Lazarus is the new Shinichiro Watanabe thing for Adult Swim. And Shinichiro Watanabe did Cowboy Bebop and um, Samurai Shampoo and Kids on the Slope. Mm -hmm. And then the soundtrack for Lazarus is going to be Floating Points and Bonobo and Kamasi Washington. Oh boy. Jr. Oh, yeah. You talked about this. All working together. Yeah.
1: It's yeah, going to yeah. be oh, incredible. the soundtrack specifically.
0: Yeah. I'm very excited. So I'm ready. Yeah. So looking forward to that. So if you're a parent, uh, watch Bluey. If you're not, uh, join me for my Lazarus watch stream whenever the fuck that comes out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. When is it coming out? Uh, Man, I don't reading those. Damn. It looks like it was it's announced coming. in July 20th, 2023. Um, it's planned to be completed by 2024, but did not promise that the series would release in that year. Oh man. I hate when you get excited for something and then mm-hmm. it's like, so maybe in long. two years you can check it out. So
0: far away. Oh my
1: god, John, why did you do this?
0: I mean, I, honestly, I hope <laughs> we it don't takes have to wait longer, as long as he does. Because the true. Michigan referendum on decriminalizing DMT and psychedelic mushrooms isn't 2025, and it would be great mm. if those two things intersected. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> that's it, fair. It also seems possible that this is going to be like like I feel like any show that they're or movie that they're like having the pipeline currently is like maybe it comes out. If the studios actually resolve the strikes mm-hmm. anytime soon, but it seems like they're only digging in their heels and wanting to wait out even longer. So.
2: Well, this is made in Japan, so oh, I don't there know, you know go. if it's affected by the by the writer's strike. Well, there you mm-hmm. go. It's no strikes in Japan. Not allowed. Yeah, no, well, <laughs>
0: they'll kill you. <laughs> There are strikes in Japan, but also, yes, they will kill you. Anyway, this has been <laughs> your beep, beep for the week. Thank you so much for uh, listening to your oh. free episode. I know time flies, doesn't it? Um, if you want to. Mm-hmm. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, and if, you're high. If, and you're <laughs> high as shit. If you want to hear more reviews of television <laughs> and movies and talk about upcoming stuff, you can listen to Bryn's other show, Generation Laws. If you want to hear more about why strikes in Japan are extremely difficult to do, you can listen to my other show, Work Stoppage. And- <laughs> (laughs) And if you want to check out some merch with some weird shit on it, you can check out Todd's shop, Doomer.shop. And as always, we love you. Stay high. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Everybody weighs in. Here's a list. My mother. My father. Everybody weighs in. My stepmom, my neighbor, upstairs and downstairs, my doctor, my nurse, it's their job, everybody weighs in. Here's a list. Ways my boss my boss's boss my postman my barista my bartender my vocal
1: coach my high school history teacher Creep